0: Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome to another edition of Beginnings. We are on a spiritual journey trying to do some things to kickstart some of the most important disciplines in the Christian life. And as we do this, we are taking week to week to study a different topic, to memorize a verse, and to challenge ourselves to specific actions. I'm so thankful you've been on this journey with us. If we haven't met yet, my name is Andy Addis. I have the privilege of pastoring Cross Point Church. I'm sure most of you have already been on this journey already, but if you're just finding us right now, feel free to stop this edition of Beginnings and go back to the very start. We are about close to halfway through this process of what we're going to learn and grow through. We've studied incredible things like Bible study and community. We've studied prayer a lot of the foundational elements of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And we're giving ourselves room to grow as well. This week, we move on to another discipline. And if I could be completely honest with you, I wish I had the opportunity to look you in the face when I say that we're going to talk about giving, financially giving and yes, that is a discipline, because most of you go, that's not a discipline. And maybe to see your response, you would argue and say, no, I don't, I don't put that in the same category as prayer. Don't put it in the same category as serving or, or any of those things. Well, I'm glad you've tuned in, because what we're going to do is give the biblical basis for that being an actual reality, that giving is a discipline. And why is that? Now, hear this. This is why giving is a discipline, because it's not about money. It's not about money. It's about the heart. You see, there is biblical evidence that this is a very important issue to God. Now, we know just logically that God doesn't need our cash. There is nothing we have that he didn't give us in the first place. So why is it so important to God? Why is it so prominent in his word? Because we are important to him and our decisions, and and he knows who we are, and this is not a money issue. Giving, tithing, offering, gifting— These are not money issues, these are heart issues. According to John MacArthur, who is one of our premier scholars, of course, in Christianity today, he says that 16 out of 38 of Christ's parables deal with money. And that more is said in the New Testament about money than about heaven and hell combined. Five times more is said about money than about prayer. And while there are 500 plus verses on both prayer and faith, there are 2,000 verses dealing with money and possessions. Now, why is that? Is God fixated on money? No. He knows we're fixated on money. And so when we talk about giving, it's a discipline because it is one of the things that seems possessions and wealth and security, those kind of things, dig their claws into believers and often have the opportunity to either make you think one thing or believe another or, or doubt or fear. And God wants us to be free of those. That's why here's how I can show you. It's a heart issue in Matthew 6 21. Here's what it says for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. Now that's a a verse. Most of us know, but let me say it again for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. Now, if you flip the script, you turn that thing around. Let me show you how easy this is. If you have trouble caring about something then invest in it. And all of a sudden, boom, drop the mic. That's right. You see, as soon as you invest in something, now you care about it. This is what scripture is saying, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if you have trouble caring about something, all you have to do is sow some financial seed into that. And all of a sudden you are concerned about it. Now, that's not what God wants. What God is saying is that you are already wrapped up in issues of finance you're already wrapped up in the issues of money and making that a matter of security and God wants to free you from that and that's why it's not about money but it's about a matter of the heart so let's do a, a quick Bible study here on some things that we know Scripture teaches first of all money money itself it's not evil 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. You see, it's not that money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of it. It's not about the money. It's about your heart. God wants your heart. And so he says the love of money is what draws us away. Second, money can be a distraction. Money can be a deadly thing. Wealth can be a deadly, possessions can be a deadly distraction. In Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, here it is again, there your heart will be also. Next we see this, that money can be a blessing. That because remember, money's not evil, but the love of money is. So, a uh, money in the hands of a believer acting in a godly way, it can be a blessing. Acts chapter two, verse forty-four and forty-five. And all who believed, all who believed, were gathered together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. Man, when you put godly blessing in the hands of godly people with god-hearted direction, even things that cause others to be greedy or or short-sighted, myopic in their approach to faith, in the hands of the right people handled the right way, even those kind of things that lead others astray can be a blessing. Money can be a blessing. This one's really important too. Money should not control you. This is really the heart of the issue. This is why God says it's a heart issue. He is tired of money and possessions and wealth and, and the power that goes along with that controlling his people. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, he wants you to be free of this. He wants you to be able to make that decision. He doesn't want this giving or tithing or serving or offering or gifting to be something that is compulsory in you. He wants a cheerful heart. This is God's plan for us. But probably the most uh, important part of our Bible study is this, that money is serious to God. Not because of the money, but because of what it does to us. In Malachi 3, 8 and following, here's what it says. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test. That's a unique verse. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. You know, I heard it taught once years ago that this passage says, you know, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. And if you don't do that, you're cursed with a curse. And and so they did the math on that. They said, you can give God 10%, which is what a tithe is, and have 90% of your money blessed, or you can keep 100% of it and have it cursed. It's an interesting way to read that verse. What I think it's getting at is that it's not about cursed money. It's about broken relationship with God. He doesn't want you to rob him of yourself, of your heart, of your devotion, and the way that we indicate so many times human beings where your treasure is, there your heart is. God wants to bless us, and we need to realize that we bring that whole tithe. We bring the full tithe. Verse 10, in Malachi 3, verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Notice it doesn't say give. It says bring, and you bring it because God's the one who gave it to you anyway. It's his. You bring it to him. You don't bring something that belongs to you. You give something that belongs to you, but you bring it that it belongs to God anyway. So what, what about giving? There's a couple of things that I think we misunderstand. A tithe versus arbitrary amounts. Now, a tithe in the Bible is 10%. And, and because the word tithe means 10%, that's what that is. and is. We're commanded to bring 10% into the house, right? What about arbitrary? Giving? Well, I'm just going to give what I feel like I should give. You know, here's where this breaks down. People say uh, that's an Old Testament passage. Yes, it is an Old Testament passage. The New Testament rings true on this: give everything, <laughs> give all that you got. So actually, it's a little bit safer just to cling to the Old Testament. Uh, but but when you hear the language, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, put you in a box. A tithe. When the Bible talks about tithe, it's talking about 10%. But yes, it does say that we should decide in our hearts what we should give. In my mind, I know that if I started giving less than 10%, that I would be able to justify and rationalize all kinds of ways and conditions and seasons in which I would pull back my giving. But if I just keep a tithe as the minimal standard for me, then the arbitrary giving is what I do above and beyond that. Now that comes to another concept, gifts versus offerings. You see, an offering is what you bring to the church. An offering is that, that 10%. A gift is what you feel out of your blessing. You can give above and beyond that. An offering is that commitment. It is the, the required sacrifice. It's that tithe. But a gift can go above and beyond that when we feel like we've been blessed or we want to support something else. And finally, that brings us to that. Well, where do you give that? How about church versus parachurch? You know, some kind of ministry, some kind of program. Man, it is good to give. My wife and I give to two or three individual missionaries. We give to Compassion International. We love to be able to do that. We're so blessed to be able to, to do that. But the pri- if you read what God's Word just gave us, it says that you have to start somewhere. And when you start somewhere, you start by not robbing God. You bring the whole tithe into the house, so the beginning of this is that we we give to our local church, because the church is still the primary vehicle of evangelism. The church is still the primary location of the gospel being proclaimed. The church, with all its flaws and all its difficulties, God has not changed the rule book. His plan A is the church, and there is no plan B. So we bring the tithe, we bring the, the gifts and offerings to the church, but then we have the opportunity above and beyond that if we would like to, to support things. And, and we should because we have been so blessed. We need to learn to live on less so that we can give more. Which brings me to our uh, kind of suggestions for where we're at. If you hear this word tithe and you think 10%, some of you are thinking, I would have to sell a family member to get that done. I, I, I would go to jail if I started giving 10% of my income. I'm in a financial mess and can't do it. I understand. And so I would tell you, don't do that. Don't Don't start off at that place, but start somewhere. Here's rule number one, start somewhere. You need to make a decision and start at some place and make giving one of your spiritual disciplines. The second thing, number two is this, be sacrificial. When you start someplace, don't just give out of excess in a way that doesn't hurt, but give in a way that's sacrificial, something that will actually make a difference for you. Because sacrifice, is, well, it's making a sacrifice. And if it isn't a sacrifice, then it's no sacrifice. That wasn't really that intelligent, was it? But but it's the truth. And finally, number three, be consistent. Have consistency in what you're doing uh, week to week. What does it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6? You should decide at the beginning of each week what you're going to give. And there was a consistency to it. So start somewhere, be sacrificial, and be consistent. Now, What are the next steps for you? How are you going to handle this? I would suggest that you pray about it. Pray about it and ask God, what did you read? What have you heard in this study that's true? And what needs to be applied in your life? Next, you need to make a decision. I would make a family decision. Even if you're the one who's going to pull the trigger on this. Maybe you're a single mom or a single dad and you've just got some teens in the house or you you got some kiddos and they don't even know the checkbook. Man, sit down and pray with them about it and say this is a dis- we we want God to bless our home. We want to we want to be spiritually disciplined and we may eat out once less a week. We may cut a movie night out. But when we do that, we're going to be able to look at each other and say we've done this because we are giving, we're being faithful, and make it a family decision. And then finally, explore your options. At Crosspoint, we have uh, a variety of ways that that you can give. There's uh, electronic ways that you can do. There are, of course, weekend opportunities that you can just uh, drop some uh, offering in during the service and that time of offering. There there are many ways to do that. And to explore your options, look at your weekend folder, your material that you have, or talk to your campus pastor. They'd be more than happy to point you in that direction. Either way, don't forget, when it comes to giving, wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your world, start somewhere. Be satisfied sacrificial and be consistent. It is a discipline. It's not about the money. It's about your heart. And this is about learning to give more and more of our heart over to him. God bless you. Hope you have a great week and we're looking forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time at beginning. God bless. Bye-bye.